This is Waffle On Podcast. Simon Meddings and I'm MC Kelly and welcome to Waffle On about Magnum P.I. the classic 1980s American TV series but before we start Kel how are you? I'm alright how are you? Henry a little bit hurt <laughs> we've got to get this out here first didn't we? I feel a little bit hurt Meds has just been insulted by a, uh, a colleague <laughs> I thought he originally said it was a backhanded compliment you said it's more like a slap your backhanded as in a slap around the face yeah. uh, I wear shorts I love wearing shorts I'm like a Peter Jackson but hopefully well, I'm not even going to go there no <laughs> um, I, I wear shorts uh, all the time actually at work uh, at home um, the only time I don't wear shorts is if I go out to the pub and um, well Cal <laughs> well with, uh, listeners he's had an ongoing battle with his weight for many years but he hasn't no no, I said for no need but the only thing he was proud of was his calves (laughs) he's talked about his calves he's proud of his calves until today I think I've got good legs until today until today where all of a sudden his arch enemy in this weight loss campaign Mr Barry uh, Alfonso Morby who actually he is a friend but he was the other person come walking past with a smirk on his face with a woman named Jean and she pointed out that Simon had rather mighty calves much like Henry VIII <laughs> and we're not talking as we said Jonathan Rees Myers Jonathan Rees Myers from Calvin Judas. Klein model Calvin Klein model who, no, who, we're talking Ray Winston <laughs> it should be Ray Winston in the fat Henry VIII years <laughs> it's an amazing thing it, 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 it was just a very strange out of the blue wasn't it very much out of the blue yeah so now I've got Henry VIII legs so he's got he looks like, Henry, looks like Henry VIII from the knees down from the <laughs> and what did you say what did he die of Gout. awesome <laughs> awesome thank you very much oh jeez oh well there you go anyway this <laughs> we have to tell him we have to tell people about that <laughs> yeah. oh dear anyway here's this jeez get on with the housekeeping already housekeeping Cal housekeeping as uh, you know we'd like to start off the uh, the podcast with a little bit of housekeeping now uh, thanks to everybody who's been leaving us reviews on iTunes. Uh, always remember, please do leave us reviews on iTunes because it's very important. It gets us into uh, into the chart. <laughs> into the charts? Into the hard light, I think. No way. Uh, although my Mash 577 podcast is in the charts. Is it? Can you believe that? It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but uh, cheers to Paul Greaves from the Time Vault podcast uh, who left us a comment on the site. Uh, he disagreed slightly with one of our views on the Avengers. Paul does the Avengers uh, podcast. Fair enough, fair so he, he likes the new Avengers. Okay, and uh, Neil Morgan for leaving comments and uh, an extra special cheers to uh, Neil and to Rick Meyer, you know why. Um, I I pressed the donate button on our little website. We don't mention that much often, but if you do, uh, if you're feeling flush, uh, then do throw us a pound, a dollar, a yen, or a euro. Actually, let's not bother because Portugal was a bit bit screwed. Yeah, we don't don't know euros. Euros. Uh, By pressing the donate button, it all goes to health to pay for Waffle On if you like it. We've got some gold latinum. Oh, gold, gold press latinum. Gold press latinum, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, Facebook cup. Uh, yeah, you can go on to like, Facebook and put Waffle on and be a member of our... I was going to say gang then. Gang? But, How old school? No, but when? It's interesting. When does, it, when, when does a gang become a group? How many? 
Ooh, I mean, I good question. I've always wondered that. Is it a Is that, I don't know. There's got to be a definition out there. Send your answers into a yeah. postcard. <laughs> Win a badge that yeah. Kel hasn't made yet. Uh, no, no, I'm, I've got... I've got supplies. I'm going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> Badges or no, no. <laughs> yeah, but I just want to know. We are now. I'd say we're a group, not a yeah. gang. Well, we are a group. It is a group. Yeah, we've got we're a group, like, page, group yeah. page. on Facebook. We'll go on there and join, and uh, every now and again, I'll go on and abuse uh, my co-host. Yeah, we've got 169 members now. I thought it was 168 last month. Yeah, well, we've got 169 now. One other person joined in a month. In a month. That's not bad. Really, it isn't though. bad actually. To be fair, do, are they a new listener or? Um... Yes, we do have a new listener. On uh, Facebook, Kev. And uh, I, I think my story is wearing some kind of strange mask. It is, isn't it? This is to uh, a big thanks, actually, uh, to Odile Thomas. And it was uh, her suggestion that we do Magnum PI. So thank you very much, my friend. And uh, Magnum is now, Kev, we have a Twitter account. And uh, you can find us at Hawkeye Meds, which is my name all over the bloody internet. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, you'll be able to find us there. So, what, should we get on with the show? Why not? Why are we here? And Carl, what do we do at the beginning of the show? We play the theme tune. of the theme tune there, Fan- Another fantastic aspirational 80s theme tune, isn't it? It is indeed. And uh, that was the Mike Post theme tune. And trivia fact here, a trivia fact for you, sir. Already? Straight away, yes. This was not the first theme tune. Uh, uh, all come back to me now, like like uh, lightning to God. I, um, <laughs> I, I have saw the pilot and it was like uh, a bit of like a, 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 like a rubbish theme tune. It really was. Like a rap tune. song, wasn't it? Like a twist. Yeah, like like a, a, yeah I've, come back to me. Yeah, I've seen, they showed it on the pilot. Yeah, that was the, the original was uh, by Ian Fee, Brian Smith, and uh, of course, Carol, we will be playing that theme tune at oh. the very end of the podcast after the promos. So if you want to listen to the shit first version, that was actually on the first nine episodes. Was it? Of Matt, yeah, Magna Pia. But subsequent um, uh, syndication and DVD releases, that is not on there. Might be on the pilot, but it's not on any others. I took so it they didn't put the new, the proper one on there. Yeah, yeah, put it on. No, I, I don't like that. I think they should keep, the, you know, keep it the way it is. I can't stand this revisionism. Like bloody George Lucas and Steven Spielberg with bodies and everything. I should point out this is two days before this podcast gets released. So uh, if it sounds a bit weird, and also it's the end of our very yeah, long quite working tired. week. <laughs> quite tired. I've already had to edit Cal out quite a few times already <laughs> for, his, for his habitual abuse. Yeah. <laughs> um, so should we get into the uh, the, the the meat of? Uh, yeah. The, uh... So what was the veg then? That was, the... <laughs> was that the veg? <laughs> it was. It was the side yeah. orders. Okay, so this was uh, Magnum PI was created by Donald P. Belisario and Glenn A. Larson. It was written by those well, along with Chris Abbott, directed mainly by Ray Austin, Michael Vija, and Ivan Dixon. 
and they would start uh, really four main people in this, which is good for us because it means uh, <laughs> we won't be boring you too much. Uh, the legend that is Tom Selleck. He played obviously the main character, John Hillman, who played Higgy Baby. <laughs> not, not that we know he was called Higgy Baby. We'll no, come to that later. For some reason, in our memory, <laughs> you've got him as called as Higgy Baby. Yeah. Uh, Roger E. Mosley and Larry Manetti. Uh, the series was also narrated by Tom Selleck, um, which is, you know, because he always narrates it, doesn't he? There was uh, eight seasons. You can't, I really can't believe there were eight seasons, and like as we said before, a season in America is not six, so that's a lot of episodes, isn't it? There's 162 episodes altogether of Magnum PI. Bloody hell! I know, I know. Now you said actually before we actually get into the, um, the, the the what Magnum's all about, you said an interesting thing earlier on about because you're, you're all a little bit in between about Magnum. Yeah, aren't you? I, 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 but your I, girlfriend isn't well, wife to be. Yeah, well, I think this just comes when I, I, I watched it. For the first time last year, it was like repeated on one of our rubbish Sky channels. And I watched it and I thought, it's really underwhelming. <laughs> That's what I found about it. You watch mm. it and you think, take the, take the character's camaraderie out of it. Mm. Not much really. But do you, do you think now that, um, bear in mind, I think the trouble is nowadays with all these, these satellite programs, satellite channels, sorry, that you've got, mm. is, it's like the professionals, what we covered last month, <clears throat> sorry, it's on every day. Mm. And it's like the full guy, which I love, which we will cover tonight, mm. is on every day. Now, I think that's when you suddenly notice how repetitive and a little bit boring these TV programmes are. Because oh, yeah. it's the same, almost the same story as last week. But if it's on once a week, yeah, you kind maybe of forget a little bit about it and it seems newer. Do you think that's, that's what we Yeah, I, I think that's a good call, actually. Because I, I, like, yeah, very rarely... I, I know... This is all about, again, this is all about memories, isn't it? Yeah, well, of course, it, I mean, the whole point of our program is It's about it. memories. And, and I Very think hazy it, with us, man. Yeah, exactly. Especially <laughs> with me. You know, it, 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 it takes you back to a time. Yeah. And you take, you take yourself out of that time. Like, for us, it was living in, you know, horrible Birmingham, run down. <laughs> yeah. And you'd see, you know, you'd see Hawaii. Yeah. And you'd think, my God, that's amazing. So you look past the floors yeah. when you're a kid. And I was saying this earlier, you, yeah, you just yeah, yeah. take yeah. out the bits that you love and you just completely forget. But when you watch it back, there's more bits you don't like mm. than that you like. This is the ultimate. We said this before, with the A-team, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because when do you think sometimes that it's also almost like an inspirational point? Like you pointed out, if we live, you come from a city. It is aspirational. And, and you're seeing stuff like Hawaii. And it's a bit like, and you think, I'd love to have a Ferrari. I'd love to have a moustache you know you'd love to live in that kind of it's the same with Airwolf I'd love to have a helicopter I'd love to have a car like Night Rider I'd love to have an A-team van or you know that kind of stuff I think definitely because I think like me and you like especially well now but especially in the 80s and 90s just really in love with American stuff Hmm. so you know, you just want to. You know, I remember stopping up late to watch Casey Case, some Americans' top ten mm, mm. at yeah, one o'clock yeah, in the can. morning because I just and Entertainment USA. Well, that with, is brilliant. With, with not the person who did it, but we didn't know what he was then. Oh, Jonathan King. Jonathan King. We didn't know what he was then, but Boom. that was an amazing program. Mm. And compared to Britain, what was really horrible in the eighties. Yeah. And you know, so, oh my god, and that's what Magnum was all about. Wasn't you know, it? I, I was a bit like that with um, Clive James on a Sunday. Yeah, you know who Clive James from around the world and take in, in take it to different places, um, but yeah. So I think it's also it's well. There again, I think that's what's really good about TV, probably from the past to a certain degree. Is it escapism? It is. And that's the that's the good thing about Magnum to a certain degree what? because because stuff like uh, as much as we we adore sci-fi, it's not really 
could be classed as true escapism because you know you can't you can't you can't go on the Enterprise or you can't go on the Millennium Falcon because it's not there it doesn't exist no. yet Hawaii does it, exist Chicago exists LA streets we, of San Francisco yeah it was always achievable exist. wasn't it you think you know like I said with me with San Francisco yeah. I always wanted to go to San Francisco I said I always wanted to go with San Francisco where Dirty Harry yeah. and I went there mm. and it, you know long time well, yeah, you're, 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 you're San Francisco is not more Australia yeah, yeah. It, it, you know it's a uh, you know, you can get there. Mm. And Hawaii was even more exotic, wasn't it? Yeah. Because I was like, oh, what an amazing look. But that's all I can remember of it. So, let's Brilliant. get into it. Now, uh, Thomas Sullivan Magnum, I didn't know he was Sullivan. was his middle name, uh, resides in the guest house of a posh 200-acre beachfront estate known as Robin's Nest. Who started in Robin's Nest? In, in, this, in, our, in our country, was uh, Fingios. Ah! Richard O'Sullivan. Who was also who? Dick Turpin. Was he? Yes, he was. I haven't saw Dick Turpin. You've not seen Dick Turpin? No, I haven't. Richard Sullivan? No, come no, on. I haven't. Really? No, I haven't. I've not seen that. My Lord. Dick Turpin was an interesting that was in the 80s uh, program. No, I haven't ever saw that. Is it, you, you is it a series? It was, yeah, it was a long series, yeah. yeah. Right, that's what I'm looking for later on. I think makes a change from porn. Yeah, yeah well done. Um, uh, yeah, um, in Hawaii, now, uh, Robin's Nest in Hawaii, there. So, um, at the invitation of its owner, Robin Masters, uh, the celebrated but never seen author of several dozen lurid novels. Uh, now, uh, Magnum, of course, does uh, the odd job for uh, Robin Masters. In addition, Robin's Nest is guarded by two. Highly trained Doberman Pinchers. Cal, can you guess, uh, remember what they were called? Without oh, looking at the screen? No, I could no. Was it? Zeus and Apollo. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that. I, remember, I that. remember the dogs. Uh, they are, uh, the, the dogs and of course the estate are managed by Englishman Jonathan Quayle Higgins III. Played by Texan-born veteran actor. It's a very odd thing, John Hillerman. Yeah, but, but when I was younger, I didn't. I wouldn't have guessed. Oh, that I wouldn't have guessed. He's not even a good English accent. I know people turn around and say, "Oh, his English accent's terrible." I think it's really good. Well, if I compared to Dick Van Dyke, let's be honest about it. Oh, Dick Van Dyke. Or, uh, or the one in Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> the, the black. Oh, the black fan. His English accent that is terrible. Is he, he's another guy. Oh, yeah, go he's back. a really good actor. He's not a copy. Yeah, now uh, Higgins was a ex-British Army Sergeant Major, with whom, often as humorous aside during various episodes of the series, Magnum must barter for use of his state amenities other than the guest house and the use of the Ferrari 308 GTS. Oh. Are you a fan of the Ferrari GTS? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I used to have a big poster of it on the wall. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love the 80s Ferraris. I know technically they didn't mean anything, but my God... That was the business. Though. Yeah, I must, I must read Ferrari. I am a man who absolutely. I'm, I am not. Funny, I'm going to be doing a podcast with Al Kessel from Tales and Mazes, uh, for just because about um, cars. But I am not mechanically. I don't care about no, mechanics, look. But I love the look of cars. No, and also cars I loved uh, in the a classic film. Yeah, Condor Man. <laughs> Ollie, yeah, no. The baddies in that. The baddie in that was Oliver Reed. It was Oliver Reed, and his gang had black. Porsche 911. They did have the And they were amazing. Yeah. They had three of them. Well, what was Condorman's car? It was like, it was some kind of Lamborghini Countach or one of them 80s cars. Gold, really. golden brown, wasn't it? Yeah, and had the wings. The wings it's one of them Ooh. films that I never saw once, so I don't really remember it. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so you had to borrow the, uh, the Ferrari Theory GTS. Um, now, during the early seasons of Magnum P.I., the voice of Robbie Masters was heard only a few times per season. Now, I'm going to play you the clip, Cal. And I want to see if you can guess who this uh, voice is. Are you ready for the clip? I am. Okay, so let's play the clip. Hello, Magnum. I trust you well. 
I need a favor done of an investigative nature. I assume you're free? Good. A very close friend of mine owns a majority interest in Kaimu Key Savings and Loan. Apparently, someone in the real estate loan department has been doing some long-term embezzling of the firm's funds. Consequently, it's been arranged for you to begin work there tomorrow under the guise of a loan officer to attempt to ferret out the culprit. No one in the office will be aware of your true identity, since all employees are suspect. Please report to Miss Cathcart, the office manager at H-Shop. She's expecting you. Further instructions from me will be on your computer. Your personal access code is Rosebud. Thank you, Magnum. And good luck. Yuck. Now, you look like you might know who that was, then. Well, when I first heard <laughs> when you played that, I thought it was James Earl Jones. I thought it was good old Dave, Darth Vader himself. It's not. It's when he had the Rosebud gives away. He's one of my favourite people ever in films. It's awesome, Wells. Are you, are you surprised by that? I'm completely surprised because I've read. I know loads about Orson Wells. I'm a massive fan of Orson Wells. And why? How the hell did they get Orson Wells to do that? Well, it wasn't doing an awful lot. It was going to be that. No, no, was it? It, <laughs> do you want to know interesting? Want to know interesting? Orson Welles fact: His last film was Transformers, Transformers the movie. And who did he play in Transformers? The movie? Galvatron. No, was it Galvatron? It was Unicorn. Unicorn, yeah. I believe. Anyway, who though, would I, have could, I could have been blown down. Yeah, but that's that really mad that one of the greatest directors of all time and also proper auto as a, yeah, um, ended up. <laughs> Like that, but he didn't care, you know. He, no, he, he didn't care. No, no. I mean, let's wait. I mean, we, we, um, let's not go into too much detail. No, no, well, we don't need to do. You don't need to do Orson Welles. There is no question about the fact that Orson Welles, when he when he made um, Citizen Kane, yeah, I, broke the boundaries of cinematic filming. He did easily without a doubt. Now, a recurring theme throughout the last two seasons, uh, starting the episode Paper War, involved Magnus' suspicion that Higgins is actually Robin Masters. Uh, since he opens Robin's mail, calls Robin's Ferrari his car, etc. Now, this possibility is contradictory to numerous references throughout the series, one that make it uh, uh, that it's all different people, e.g. phone calls from abroad, the fact that Robin is recognised by fans people, and also the fact that he's voiced by Orson Welles. Um, although the three of them have been together before, Magnum is convinced that Higgins hired an actor to play Robin Masters, a short, rotund guy with an Orson Welles voice, as Magnum puts it. In spite of this, Higgins' dual identity remains an open question until the final episode where he first admits that he is Robin Masters uh, but later suggests that what he said about Masters was a lie. So you never know. So you never know. Well, so, you know, he quite clearly isn't uh, Higgins but there's always that thing kind of like, you know, left left in the air, isn't it? Oh, interesting. Now, uh, the, the, do you remember like Magnum's room? He's, he's kind of like his beach house room. Yeah, it was, I remember being was really cramped, wasn't he? He's only little, wasn't he? Yeah. Now, the one thing that I always loved was the fact that he had a mini fridge full of beer. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. He did, yeah, he did. Do you remember what the beer was called? It it's a fictional beer. It's not a real beer. Oh, it's, well, it's, no, no. it's called Old Dusseldorf uh, in the Longness. He wears, Magnum wears, his father's treasured Rolex GMT Master wristwatch. And, uh, and he's always surrounded by, according to the thing, it's always surrounded by beautiful young women along with his buddies Rick and TC now I want to just bring up the beautiful young women bit because the, one of the reasons why I totally loved Magnum from a young age was the scene in the opening titles where he's in the sea mm. he's holding a woman who's lying on her front of glass and he's so blatant and only Tom saying he looks down at her backside and then looks up at the camera breaks the fourth wall which he does quite a lot 
and smiles and raises an eyebrow. The classic that's, uh, eyebrow. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. he's class. Only Roger Moore did it better. <laughs> mm, yeah, but that was only because that, that was not, that was acting. That wasn't <laughs> that was like, look at look at cheeky me. And also, of course, uh, Tom Selleck is the only person ever to pull off a moustache. I know you're a big fan of his moustache, aren't you? I'm a huge fan of his moustache, my yeah. friend. You know what I'm like about. Uh, yeah, and when it went off in the nineties and the noughties, <laughs> it went off. What an old Yeah, it's just you know when he went into retirement, yeah. it was uh, not the same. Now he's got it back. He's rocking the sash again for uh, True Blood, isn't he? Yeah, not I mean, True Blood. Um, no, no, Blue no, Bloods. Yeah, there. and I tell you what. How good does he look? He's, I've watched a couple of them. It's okay. It's just I haven't got enough time you to watch I like it. it. It's yeah. It's um. It, it reminds me of. Do you remember the British drama called The Commander? Yes, yes, yes. Not too sure. That's the one. Yeah. That kind of thing. It's not about. He's not running around solving crimes. Mm. But it's about him and his family. Uh, He's very, very good in it. Does the moustache do a good performance? It's good. It's a bit of flex of grain there now. But... Now, now you, you, I want to point out this thing that um, uh, when he was in Friends. Which yeah, is what uh, I was it, say. he was moustached at the beginning and later episodes unmoustached. He, he, he was really good in Friends, wasn't he? Played Richard in Friends. Yeah, the one who she should have gone with, really. Oh, no, 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 she should have gone with Chandler. Do you think, you know? Are we giving away a possible future podcast? Oh, yeah, we, are we, friends, <laughs> we are doing a Friends podcast. We might be doing a Friends podcast. Now, <clears throat> as we mentioned earlier on, Magnum has two really close buddies, TC and Rick. Now, they were part of the same combat unit in Vietnam, the Da Nang VM. O-2, Marine Observation Squadron Unit 2. Uh, the V means fixed wing, the M means marine, the O means observation, and the unit operated out of the Da Nang area of South Vietnam. In addition to basic combat operations, VMO-2 was also involved in troop support, escort missions, reconnaissance, and medical evacuations. Magnum and TC can often be seen wearing a VMO-2 Da Nang baseball cap in the show. I'll be honest with you, I was reading that. Yeah, <laughs> I oh, know my military stuff, and I didn't know about that. Do you know that in syndication? I think actually in uh, this might—I'm I'm not too hundred percent sure. This is just from memory, from reading something. Could have been Germany. It's definitely one country. They actually cut all references out of Vietnam. Mm, I'd be interested. It's because Americans are all staged. I bet that was Germany because all the Americans are staged. Could American have been. Yeah, but I don't, I don't understand that. It's like when I was watching the the Mash film last night. Um, uh, 20th Century Fox uh, made them put uh, 1951 career. And then the same with the TV series, so people didn't think it was about Vietnam. Well, obviously, in 1970, we matched the film as made. Yeah, I suppose. But Vietnam was still really... Yeah, 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 well, just finished some simple things. Other characteristics of famous link with Magnum are, apart from the thick moustache, his baseball cap, which was? It was an American uh, football team, wasn't it? It, Baseball team. Yeah, um, was it Mets? Nope, he was the Detroit Tigers. Oh. And a variety of colourful Aloha shirts. Yeah, I remember his uh, thing. Yeah. I love Aloha shirts. I've, or, I, I want them. Because being a Hawkeye fan as well for MASH, I want those kind of shirts. I reckon I can pull it off. He was one of them characters. You just, you know, you thought, what a brilliant... He looks a bit like that. with Chevy Chase in Fletch. <laughs> yeah. He's just an amazing... He was more brilliant stuff. You know he Chevy Chase was named after the, the road? Though. After the Chevy road. I know, that was an, I heard that. And it's amazing. Yeah. But he was wicked because he was like that. He'd always... Look, he'd, he'd like rock a cap and a yeah. Hawaii shirt and everything. Oh, that's how you want to... Because people didn't look like that in Birmingham in the 80s, did they? I've got to be honest with you. If he was in Birmingham, <laughs> Hawaii shirt and a moustache, you would probably go to certain clubs. <laughs> yeah, but, you know... Did you like... Because I know that me and you have talked about this before, about um, uh, breaking the fourth wall, Liddy looking at the camera and, and bringing you into the actual scene. Now, I'm a huge fan of that. I look... All depends on how much it's done. Mm. I, I think if it's if it's a bit too knowing, yeah. If it's like join me, 
for my on the joke. Yeah. If, or if it's like, look at me, I'm having a brilliant time. That's when I don't like it. Mm. If you're trying to bring the, the you know, the, the, the audience into you, I, I like that. But it's when you're doing it like knowing. Yeah. I don't like knowing stuff. Oh, I'm really smug. Mm. Look at me, I'm brilliant. I don't want to see that. No, I liked because I, I like the breaking the fourth wall, like in Moonlighting. Moonlighting's okay. Yeah, Moonlighting did really uh, well. You know, like I said, you know, Moonlighting is a podcast we should do because I like the first series. I couldn't stand anymore. Mm. But he did go down the hill. Even you got me that Moonlighting. Well, he, went, he went down the hill when they got egos. Yeah. Well, when Bruce Willis got his ego. And the, uh, you know, I remember there was like singing and dancing ones. And uh. <laughs> no, I, t- I was watching um, Clark's. T- no one. I was watching Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back the other day. And there's a moment in that where um, they break the fourth wall a few times. Um, one when Kevin Smith looks at the camera. And I think it's when, oh, and what it is, is Matt Damon, Ben Affleck break the thing when he goes, like, who would come and see a film like that? And they all look at the camera as if like it's that. That I don't like. No, that, that's what I don't like when it's like, it's a joke. Yeah. yeah. We're telling you, you, this is a joke. Yeah. I can watch no, no, it myself. No, yeah, no, no, no. That's, that's the thing I don't like. You know, Kevin Smith can be like that, can't he? You know, I am not this thing where I don't worship at the altar of Kevin Smith. No. I think he's done some brilliant stuff. Oh, yeah. But if you look at it, he's done a lot. He's pulled he's pulled the the the, you got the the jewel out of the bag, I think, with Red State. I'm really looking that forward to seeing that. That sounds interesting, but I, I told you I watched Cup Out. Yeah, I've not seen Cup Out. Do you not think Cup Out is let down by Bruce Willis? Absolutely terrible. I really like Bruce Willis. I think he's a fantastic mm. film, but he could have been asleep in it. Yeah. Why yeah, do it? Judge, judge, and he's supposed to be the right yeah, arsehole as well, he, he, Apparently, it? I mean, uh, and Kevin Smith, fair play, I will say to Kevin Smith, I know it's double version slightly, but this is Waffle On. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Kevin Smith has, and he's been honest, and fair play for being honest, because you get a lot of people who won't say a bad word about actors. I hate yeah, that, don't you like that? that yeah. Sod that, be honest, and he turned around and he says, you know, he, he, and he said this on stage, he wouldn't have, uh, I turned around and said, can you just stand there and, we'll f-? and he'd move. You know, it takes a lot to set up a shot. It takes a lot to get the lighting right. Behave. And I think, I'm not being funny, Bruce. You ain't that mega no. star. You ain't, you ain't Planet Hollywood anymore, my friend. He has, I, I, I think... the last good Bruce Willis film? I like Bruce Willis. I, oh, I, no, I do. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I still think Blind Date's a good film. Yeah, I'm you a know. I'm a fan of Hudson Hawk. You know, three <laughs> diehards are brilliant. One's okay. Yeah, three diehards. No, actually, no, say no, three. No, 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 no. Two, Two diehards are good. Okay, what, best diehard. First one, obviously. First one, third one. Second one? Second one, fourth one. Second one's got William Sadler in. Yeah, and fourth one, you know. Fourth one's shit. Yeah. It was safe. You know why it's shit? Why? Because he's got no hair. Yeah, it's safe. <laughs> it's just one of them. Was, oh, you know, the last great Bruce Willis film, I think, uh, Unbreakable. I was going to say Unbreakable. He's really good in that. He's a good actor, but he just... He you know, sleeps through performances my, now, my, doesn't My favourite Bruce Willis thing? What? Shattered Day from The Twilight Zone. That's really good, that is. Yeah, that was before he was famous. Do you know, uh, uh, he's also really good in a film called Billy Bathgate, which is like, what was his first Hollywood film, you know? That is good hats in that and good... Uh, I, I bought I it last week. I watched it on Friday for the first time. Oh, really? It's really good. Uh, and at the end of the seventh season of, uh, of Magnum, uh, he was killed off. Uh, and this was intended to be, the, obviously, the end of the series. However, there was a huge outcry for fans and the eighth final season was produced to bring Magnum uh, back to life. Uh, and then, of course, I ran the series off. The series finale was Resolutions, and it is the fifth most-watched television series finale of all time, behind only MASH, Cheers. Can you can you uh, guess the other two? Oh, God. What, uh, what, I mean, what decade am I looking Recent. at? Recent. Recent. Well, Friends. ten years. Friends, Friends was one of them. The other one? Is it, I would say, Lost. Seinfeld. 
Bloody hell, yeah. that's interesting. Uh, he was apparently watched by 50.7 million what? viewers. <laughs> that's an audience. And uh, yeah, I know, yeah, and we think Doctor Who gets 10 points. Yeah. Uh, amazing, but there you go, we only a small country. Uh, and he had a huge 32.0 rating, which is a percentage of all television households, and a 48% share. That's a huge amount, isn't it? Absolutely huge amount. It's ridiculous. Um, now, let's talk about the actors in this. Because, uh, and then we can talk a little bit about if they, you know, what we thought about the characters in, in it. Now, uh, of course, we've got to start off with the man himself, Tom Selleck. Uh, born Tom, Thomas William Selleck on January the 29th, 1945. What? 66 years old. In Detroit. He's 66 years old. He don't look that No, he doesn't. I, I don't believe he's had any plastic surgery. No. Wouldn't need to, would he? Born in Detroit, Michigan. Cool. Um, now he's been in a, a, quite a few films. Now, um, Runaway. I like that film. That's with Gene because Simmons, it's, isn't it? Because it's got Gene Simmons in it playing a bad. Anyone out of kissing it has got to be cool. And they got those crazy t- walking little robot yeah. things, which is quite scary. Yeah, and he's got like a car that has like a grid, and you can see where it, and it shows you where all things are trying to attack it. I really like that. Film. I quite like that film actually. Now, I, I also like, and this is a guilty pleasure of mine: Three Men and a Baby. What? No, I don't like that. It's got the Guttenberg in it. I don't do Guttenberg. What's wrong with the Guttenberg? He's rubbish. He's not. Don't choke on that. I can't, no, believe, I don't, no. I can't believe. What do you mean the Guttenberg's rubbish? No. Police Academy? I don't like Police Academy films. Uh, the, the first one's okay. We talked that twice now. We've mentioned. <laughs> what, the Guttenberg? You didn't, yeah, no. Police, police, police Academy. Academy. <laughs> I'm Cocoon. Play. Cocoon. Like what else has been Gutenberg been in? You know, oh. I can name one good film, Boys from Brazil. He's in the beginning of Boys from Brazil. If you know that film, it's a very young version. It's young, young and though, he's, the, he's the uh, journalist. We played Mahoney in Police Academy. Oh, no. What else has he done? Okay. I know he's so, in that great song in. Uh, he's in Three Men and Little Lady. Yeah. <laughs> no, is it? He's in The Simpsons, isn't he? Who yeah, made Steve Gutenberg yeah, yeah. famous? It's we true. did. <laughs> now I like Three Men and a Lady because the thing is that I think it's got the dancing in it. Three Men and a Lady. No, Three Men and a Baby. Sorry, I was, just, I was looking at the screen of Three Men and a Little Lady. <laughs> but no, but Three Men and a Baby. It's got the dancing in it as well. Ted Dancing. Yeah, I like Ted Dancing because he's brilliant. I said he's. You know what it's called about. <laughs> He's brilliant in Bored to Death, if anyone's watching that. Brilliant. Uh, you know what's good about him? Is he one of, he wears a wig? <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if, yeah, if you notice, <laughs> listeners, anything with hair, wigs, he's just well, upset. Because <laughs> you know there was, you know there was the rumour that he wore a hairpiece all the way through Cheers, right? It's, it's wrong, isn't it? No, 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 it's not. He did, and you know the reason why? He pulls it off in one episode. He just like, he just pulls it off. Have a look on YouTube. And he pulls it, just the top of it. It's only a wee bit on his crown. Oh. And he's in an episode... Oh. Fair play to Dan. So he's got Ted Danson, Tom Selleck, and the Gutenberg, oh, yeah. and they're leaving a cool flat, a bachelor flat together, oh, yeah. and they get in it on all time parties. It's, it's, it's way too nice for me. Oh, you know, yeah. Well, that is true. Uh, Selleck is an avid outstormer, doesn't support, uh, and he loves uh, shooting, he's a marksman, a knowledgeable firearms collector, and uh, these interests lead him to the leading man in cowboy roles, uh, such, <coughs> sorry, in Western films, uh, such as Orange Scarlet in the 1979 film The Sackett, opposite Sam Elliott, and Jeff. Osterhage, I don't know who that is. Oh, yeah. I don't know who that is. Um, and Western legend Glenn Ford and Ben Johnson. He was easily accepted playing a cowboy, and the role seemed to fit him. He followed uh, the Sackets with the Shadow Riders in 1982, then Lassiter, and of course the brilliant Quigley Down Under. I, I've never saw that. You've not seen Quigley no, Down no, Under? No. Is that a film or a TV series? It was a film. 
know. You've really let the side down here. No, no, I've seen a few things that you haven't seen. Westerns is a thing that I've only started like in the last couple of years, so I'll start to check these things out. Uh, One of his best Western films, however, he also won a Western Heritage Award for in his 1997 role in Last Stand at Sabre River. His last two cable roles to date were in 2001 TNT movie Crossfire Trail, based on Louis Larmor novel of the same name, and in 2003 the motion picture Monty Walsh. Now, his friends, uh, Robert... You, know, you won't talk about the most famous Tom Selleck thing, have you? Oh, sorry, come on. Well, you've got to be, yeah, it's Indiana Jones, isn't it? Maybe, maybe you may carry on. No, it, it's a very interesting thing how his career would have turned out. Now, do you think if he would have got that role, because he was offered it, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He turned he, it down. Well, didn't well he, he just signed the contract. For right. That, if yeah. he would have, if he would have gone on and done it, hmm. do you think Harrison Ford would have gone on to be the, the massive actor of the eighties? Well, hard to say because he'd done Star Wars and he was going to do Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, but he wasn't an A-list star in that, was he? No, I don't think he would have been. I, I don't that. think so. I really don't. Well, I, no, I see you on the on the Indiana Jones DVD box set. <clears throat> excuse me. One of the extras is the, is the screen footage yeah. of Tom Selleck. He looks good, is he? He looks brilliant. He does he? look brilliant. Interesting fact for you. What? In one of the episodes of Magnum P.I., it's uh, a homage to Raiders of Stark and he's wearing a hat in it. Ah, Because he would have been brilliant. There's no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Because mm. I like Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is legend. He, he's brilliant, but he could have done it as easy as good. And he probably would have been better because he's better at the one-liners. One, thing about, Harrison, yeah, one thing about Harrison Ford, he's not great at comedy. No, but I mean, I think, yeah, but... He's brilliant, I'm not saying because I love Indiana Jones, but I think if Tom, not as much as you, but Tom said it would have been brilliant. It would have been brilliant. Yeah, and I think he's actually acting opposite Karen Allen in the screen footage. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he is, but he doesn't look good. Would he have kept the moustache? No, he'd have to have got rid of it because I wouldn't have had... Shut up about the bloody (laughs) moustache! No, but in the screen test, he's wearing the moustache. No, no, yeah, yeah. So would he have kept the moustache? But no, he'd signed a contract to Magnum P.I. The interesting thing of that, of course, as well, is that he'd done something like six or nine failed pilots before Magnum. Uh, but yeah, he was able to demand uh, changes in the pilot Bloody script. Bloody hell. Tom said it was. So yeah, he must have had quite a domineering presence. He must have been. Really yeah, to pull it up, pull it, pull that kind of stuff. It's one of them actors like, it's like Piers Brosnan with uh, James Bond, the one in years before. Yeah, 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 but, but he, he was Remington, Remington, Remington Steel. Steel. Yeah. It would have been really interesting also, the Bond films. Well, because we've talked about this whole, I like Piers Brosnan, but mm. I think the Bond films he did weren't very good. Apart from Goldeneye. Yeah. Goldeneye's good, the rest of them, yeah. rubbish. He was a bit, he, he suffered from the Colin Baker syndrome where Colin Baker, awesome doctor, Terrible. Um, they just uh, had no ideas anymore, did they? No. You know, like no. you know, I was oh. watching the one with Halle Berry in the other. It's it's absolutely. Oh, oh, that's Bond Twenty as well, which should have been fantastic. It's terrible. Starts off brilliant. Oh, he's being tortured. He's being beat. Oh, he's got a beard. This could be different. <laughs> and then you've got an invisible car. Yeah, it is rubbish, and it's made out to be in Iceland, but it's down at the Bloody Eco Centre. What they again think about as well? Uh, um, Timothy Dalton was going to play Bond before. Um, Mm. Roger Miller it's really mad how really the really things weird, work out I'm Timothy Dalton was the one who was I thought he was brilliant oh, to me absolutely. he's the modern well, Bond I think he's the best, one of the best ones well if he's not modern but he's like uh, uh, Daniel Craig is, so yeah. Daniel Craig was mm. uh, he's out of his time it's a shame because they had all the things in the world of AIDS so he couldn't go kissing and the violence mm. was toned down and yeah. he, he just had bad Bad timing, wasn't it? Let's go. Back to uh, back to Magnum. Um, his yeah. friends, Roger Earl Mosley, who played the helicopter pilot Theodore T. C. Calvin, was born December the eighteenth, nineteen thirty-eight. Therefore, he is now 
in his seventies. What? <laughs> is, is, is this the, this a podcast that makes us feel old? Yeah, well, he's we working on, mate. He's <laughs> working. Bloody hell! Now, uh, his most mostly his uh, most prominent film role was uh, in the nineteen seventy six uh, film. Uh, sorry, main character Lead Belly. Now I look at you for that, there, Lead Belly. Oh, we like Lead Belly. Yeah, I'd have to have a look oh, at that. International movie day. Feel about you know the. Interestingly, the blue singer Ledbury was the first true rock and roll song, a uh, rock and roll singer. Yeah. He um, he was a dr- drunk. He used to beat his wife up. He was thrown out of bars. Right. He used to get arrested by the police. But he was a fantastic singer. But, and uh, said uh, he was, uh, apart from all those things, he was a good singer. He was the first true rock and roll person who was like loved to hate right. people. Like used to boo him, but they used to go to see him. Anyway, that's why Kirk Cobain loved him. So he must have been. Yeah, it must have been then. That's, that's why really we didn't know. Dieted by Gordon Parks. Uh, yeah, if we had the internet on, I'd go and look at it. Uh, he has guest starred on such shows as Night Court, Starskin Hutch, Kojak, The Rock and Falls, Beretta, and Sanford and Son. Do you recognise the name Sanford and Son from a podcast? From yeah, a it's, while ago? Um, it's Stepton and Son, isn't it? It is the American remake of uh, Stepton and Son. He, wasn't, he wasn't the main character. I'd like to see. Go on YouTube. Is, that, is, is he's he on there? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he also had a role in Roots, The Next Generation. Um, now, he made a memorable appearance in the 1973 film The Mac as the militant brother of the main character Goldie and played Officer Roy Cole in Unlawful Entry, the 1992 film which stars your man, the man that it's you K- love. K- 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 Kurt Russell, King Kurt Russell, King Kurt Russell, yes, Who's 59 this year? Oh, we can have a part. <laughs> do you remember when we had? We went out for his 50th. Yeah, we could do it for his 60th. Yeah, we should do something for his 60th. <laughs> he will wear back. Yeah, and he's still going to do a Stanley Pliskin film, still being done. Oh, I'd much prefer him to do a. Uh, no, but the, the, I thought this was a good idea. your uh, yeah. Paul Chuck Express t shirt. Uh, yeah, he was going to do a thing where um, he was retired. And he was in an old people's home. How brilliant! Well, Snake Fiskin. Fiskin in an Kicking old people's home. Yeah, oh, I think he'd be brilliant. Awesome. Anyway, I don't know how true this is because John, John Carpenter is nearly eighty. So yeah, and I think John Carpenter just got over a serious illness, doesn't he? As well. Uh, most recently, uh, he has appeared in season five of Las Vegas as the billionaire friend uh, of owner Al AJ Cooper, also played by Tom Selleck. There is a vague homage to his Magnum PI days as his character Roger. He's worth more than two billion and owns a fleet of jets, having started with a, he- a single helicopter in Hawaii. Hawaii. Uh, uh, now, uh, Magnum's other friend, the one that we don't particularly give a, give a damn about, sorry, but it's true. It's true, it isn't is it? It is true, isn't it? Is Larry Manetti, born July the 23rd, 1947, in Chicago, Illinois. Another place I'd love to go to Chicago. Yeah. He's a American actor. Now, he played Orville Rick Wright. Do you remember Rick? And all you remember him, he's standing by a bar. Mm. Looking at winning. Now we don't look, yeah, that's what he's that's doing. Although right? there is a there is a pro there is a if you go onto YouTube and type in Magnum even not Magnum Reunion or Magnum Homage, I think it's off a DVD, he presents it. Uh, and it's not too bad. It's quite an interesting thing actually. I think it was made about ten years ago. Uh, now Manetti studied acting in Chicago with the Ted List players and his first TV role was in uh, was as uh, detective Jack Webb in Chase, which is seventy three to seventy four. Um he hasn't really done an awful lot, really. Most notable television shows. Um, he's done 25 feature films, but I don't know many of them. But he's guest starred in Emergency, Trans Speed and Branch, Trans sorry, Ten Speed and Branch, Tales from the Dark Side, Bar Bar Black Sheep, hmm? Battlestar Galactica, which which one? The original. Oh. Uh, Renegade, Quantum Leap, Jag, and of course that other uh, uh, <laughs> program, uh, Walker. Texas Texas Ranger. Ranger. That's got the Norris in it, hasn't it? That's got Another man with a moustache. Yeah. <laughs> it's a moustache heavy. We should have done this podcast wearing moustaches. 
That is a good point. We well, should do the podcast about moustaches. <laughs> <laughs> moustaches, yeah. I'm sure you could do it for hours. <laughs> wigs. Wigs and moustaches. <laughs> I've, I've sent, I'll have to send you that link about Shatner's toupee. No, That's no. brilliant. That's really good. Now, uh, let's get on to John Benedict Hillerman, uh, who, of course, played. He was born the 20th, uh, sorry, December the 20th, 1932. <laughs> American actor, obviously, uh, born in Texas, as we said before. Uh, now, Hillman appeared in Broadway in 1959 and worked in live performance in a variety of venues before making his motion picture debut in 1970. Uh, he had minor roles in such noteworthy films as The Last Picture Show, um, great film, What's Up Duck, High Plains of Drifter, Paper oh. Moon, Blazing Saddles. He's been in some class films. And Chinatown. Oh, Mark, he's been in some class stuff. He has been some really good stuff. High Plains of Drifter, absolutely brilliant. Fantastic. Ah, great, great Eastwood. People, t- people talk about uh, Eastwood spaghetti westerns, but his non-spaghetti westerns like that and Outlaw Josie Wales were far superior. Oh, that's his direction. And far superior. And stuff, isn't it, then? Oh, yeah, absolutely, far absolutely superior. Brilliant. I know people are going to spaghetti westerns. I, I, no, this is a bad thing to say. Good. But I think they're really overrated. I know it's a bad thing to say, and just, uh, just, just when I'm sitting there. Yeah, I know. You know how much I, I love Good and Bad. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. They are, they are. Well, no, I think, I think Good and Bad and the Ugly is a standalone film. It's absolutely fantastic. I the others, you know, the Kev used to love them, and yeah. you watch me think that the, the same. It is the same. Diminished qualities yeah, it goes on. Yeah, but the Good and Bad and the Ugly. Brilliant. No, that's a good film. And the, the actually the remastered print is uh, is, is, is yeah. just awesome. Uh, Kel, would you like some trivia? Of course, I like to put my trivia hat on. Now, the main reason the show was set in Hawaii was so that CBS could reuse the studio facilities they built for Hawaii Five O. I, I, I sort of guessed that because it was a time when everyone was saving money, yeah, weren't right. they? So, right. Hawaii Five O uh, ran from 1968 to 1980, and it had just finished. So they uh, they used it. Now, several early episodes make reference to the fictional Five O squad, including the main character Steve McGarrett, set in this series in the same universe. As Hawaii Five O. Oh, that's interesting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Now, due to crossovers with other programs, the series is also shown to take place in the same universe as Murder She Vote, which ran from '84 to '96, and one of my favourites, Simon and Simon. Oh bloody! Hell. You know, I remember the name. Yeah. Thing is, I, I only remember what? watching that because my name is. No, yeah. I can't remember anything <laughs> about it. But that, oh. And uh, we, as we mentioned earlier on. Um, uh, Tom Selleck would, uh, w- was able to um, change the pilot script. He was rejected with it um, because he wasn't happy with the overly macho who wrote tenor of the script. Um, so he actually got it changed uh, he, as he wanted the guy to make mistakes and have flaws, which I think this is obvious. He Definitely. Really he wasn't brilliant his job. Oh, no, no, no. He no, wasn't. No. Um, Selleck would go on to earn roughly $50,000 per episode yeah. for the first seven seasons of Magnum, and he earned a lot more for the final season. Uh, legendary crooner Frank Sinatra, uh, in his last major television uh, <coughs> sorry, role, was a guest star in season seven, episode what? Laura. God <laughs> almighty, Frank Sinatra, and he was in that. Yeah, he was offered several episodes which shows Laura as he loved the story. Uh, he actually worked for Scale and stayed at the Colony Surf Hotel in Diamond Head. Well, he yeah. and his entourage took up an entire floor at the hotel. Now, there were plans to have Sinatra come back for another episode, so he's his name. But due to Tom Selleck's scheduling, uh, they couldn't get him. Uh, couldn't Interesting. Get him in. Yeah, no, yeah, it's good. I mean, I mean, I thanks for that as an actor anyway. I mean, I can't uh, now, Higgins's uh, trademark epithet is the slowly building of the words, Oh my God. Mm. What's the link? 
to that in Tom Selleck. Friends, isn't it? It is Friends. He, he says it in Friends, doesn't he? No, he doesn't say it. But Chandler. Uh, obviously, is, it's yeah. Janice, Janice, isn't it? Yeah. Oh Damn. my god. <laughs> so we do have uh, emails, and we have, we've got two emails, so, and we've also got an MP3. What would you like to hear stroke for me to read first? Do the MP3. Okay, this is off Neil Morgan. Neil, here's your MP3. Hello, gentlemen. Since I have submitted an MP3 file to MASH 4077, I decided I should send the same to you. Great last podcast on the professionals. I did review the episode on the site. And if memory serves, uh, today it's the time for Magnum PI. So here goes. I was a regular watcher of it. The car, the tash, the scenery, the girls, the car, the girls, etc. Great stuff, just like a few years earlier with Starsky and Hutch, everyone wanted to be Magnum P.I. Punch-ups and chases, everything a kid growing up in the 70s and 80s wanted. I remember his two close friends, T.C. and Rick, and the wannabe Englishman Higgins. I remember some episodes more clearly than others. The journey to Vietnam, where they went in, I can't remember why, but I remember it was Vietnam, being a history fan, I remember that one clearly. And the one where Magnum was adrift in the ocean, likely to die and was eventually rescued... This was called Home from the Sea, The Wonders of the Web. I just typed in Magnum PI floating in the sea or something like that and found it out. It was a great one because it had lots of flashback, kind of his history, his background, his time in Vietnam, his wife, etc. Looking forward to the podcast, gentlemen. Cheers now. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, that was the MP3 from Neil yeah, there. Nice, good manly way to good reasons why you should like a TV series. Who are they? Girls. Good <laughs> And liking the professionals. Awesome. Yeah, well, there you go. We can see what's on his books better done. <laughs> uh, so, shall I read the email, Cam? Go on, then. Okay, here we go. This is um, from Adil, who recommended the show. He goes, hey there, so my name is Adil and I am a podcast listener. Sounds like the start of a support group meeting, doesn't it? Uh, I listened to your podcast for the first time last week. This was this is about a month ago now. And very much enjoyed it, so much so that I joined your Facebook group and posted a comment which sparked a discussion between Simon and I about Magna Pearl. I was very surprised when Simon let me know that because of her, um, you're going to change the order of your upcoming episodes to cover Magnum. How cool is that? Then I got another message from Simon hinting that I should email the podcast to give my views on Magnum. So here I am, but not sure what to write, but here goes nothing. Another good podcast, I should have heard that, by uh, uh, Casey and... Uh, well, and There you go. Uh, I have great fun memories of Magnum, as it represents a good part of my childhood. I remember many Sunday afternoons watching this series with my dad, and I can tell you we did not often agree on TV, but we did agree on Magnum, which I guess is another reason why I like Magnum P.I., as it reminds me of my dad. So where to start with MPI? Of course, the theme tune is great. Not that complicated, but very catchy and very 80s. And I'm ready to bet that anyone who watched Magnum PI when they were younger can hear that tune right now in their mind. And if it's not the sign of a classic TV show tune, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. The characters now, who would not love Magnum? Well-built, muscular, huh? great moustache, you see. Yeah, but that's, that's, you said exactly the same thing. Right. Well, it works on him. Good sense of humour, <laughs> great car, and wiggly eyebrows. With a wiggly eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. What else could we possibly want from a hero? Now, Higgins, possibly my favourite character, and I guess even back then, I was meant to go to the UK. Uh, the British butler with his two highly trained Doberman, Zeus and Apollo. I used to love Higgins, or as we used to call him, Higgins. You see, we don't pronounce the H in French uh, at the start of a word. And as Magna P.I. was broadcast... Uh, 
doubled the Higgins was really Higgins to me <laughs> so where have we got Higgy Baby from I don't know I'm not too sure we <laughs> should discuss that idea I think we are. Uh, as a point of fact I guess I had no idea what Tom Selleck actually sounded like when I was watching Magnum P.I. back then the other regular characters were okay but not much to write home about in my opinion for what I remember of them mind you I have not watched Magnum for many many years but it seems to me that I were the small funny white guy with, with many useful contacts and a big handy token black guy <laughs> the very useful helicopter to boot both of them army buddies of our hero so all in all loads of good memories of this series but I have to I have the suspicion that Magnum P.I. may well be a series of his time and I may not like him which no great theme tune no a deal brilliant and that's exactly what we were saying it doesn't yeah. matter if you watch it now and it's not that great because mm. you weren't watching it. You're watching it when you were eleven, yeah, or whatever. Exactly. It doesn't doesn't matter if doesn't it's matter, you know. It? You don't have to want have to this idea of oh, if you know you've got to be a fan. You've got to buy the box set. Mm. Oh, it's it's a terrible idea that is because it's like I said, it's your memories. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And you don't want your memories dampened by No, but you don't want to piss on your memories, do you? Not really, no. So, so you know, I wouldn't buy the box set of bloody... No. I wouldn't buy the box set of professionals and a bloody love it, because what's the point? What's the point? It's not going to be as good. It's on TV all the time as well. Yeah. Uh, so, there, thank you, uh, Eddie. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's really good. Like. That's really lovely. And like I said, anyone sends us uh, a request in and we'll, we'll change it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're easy. We're, we are easy. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> to be fair, mainly because we need help thinking what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. we do have a list, don't we? We have a list. If anyone sends a, wants to send an email in or whatever, and it, we like it, we'll do it. Exactly. No, no, yeah. no problem. And send it to waffleonpodcast yeah. at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, our next one is from Amy Moyer. Uh, Amy uh, presents uh, the Taking With You podcast. Uh, this is more of a little anecdote here. Uh, I know a funny story about the star of Magnum P.I. A girl from our youth group went to George Washington University uh, in our country's capital. She was selected as an intern for the President George W. Bush. Now, one of her assignments was to fly to Texas with a video of said president and sit in his place at a banquet. She visited with... Sorry, and sat next to a nice older man and had a great time. Later after dinner, someone asked her what it was like to meet Tom Selleck. <laughs> she had been raised in a conservative home without much TV. Um, her friends were all amazed that she didn't know who Tom said it was. A bit jealous, eh? That's really... That's cool, isn't it? That's really... Could you imagine that, though? You've sat next to Tom Selleck all that time and, and, and not <laughs> realised who he was? That's really mad, isn't Again, it? Again, I suppose, at the end of the day, if you've not, if you've not watched... Um... The nearest we've had to that was being in a pub and realised the actor who'd just been in the Sherlock Holmes play was sitting right opposite him with him for an hour. <laughs> yeah, and then when I got his autograph. <laughs> All when we were in the nightclub, we sat there going, that bloke looks a bit like Ian Brown from yeah, Stone yeah. Roses. Do you know why? It is Ian Brown from Stone Roses, <laughs> dancing to his own song. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, Ian, oh dear. Uh, well, there you go, that was Magnum P.I. Uh, as usual, you can let us know what you think, good yep. or bad, um, to... Um, we more likely, you know, we do apologise if this one is the more <laughs> tenuous link, but, you know. We have waffled on quite We have waffled on, but we're just tired and hallucinating, you know. Hallucinating? Hallucinating. Uh, hallucinating. What have you put in my <laughs> um, So please do let us know uh, what you think, or, of course, suggestions of what you'd like us to waffle on about yeah. to waffle on podcast at googlemail.com or at gmail.com. Again, join our Facebook group, just yeah. type in waffle on podcast. Or just uh, just want to come and yeah, come on, because we're saying we could want to do a film next. Anyone's got any ideas for films? Well, we've got we've got a film. We've got a few up, films. But, like, uh, we've also, you, you two man said one earlier on, but let's not talk. We'll talk no, not about this might happen. It's for this. It's one that most people would have thought. Why haven't you done, done that? It? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, a classic. We're going to say it's a classic. It's a classic. And it also might be a bit obvious, but it also gives us a chance to rant. Yeah, so we might do it. <laughs> you can probably guess what we're going to talk about. Yeah. It isn't Star Trek. No. 
<laughs> Let's not go any further because no. it's given away. Uh, also, of course, we have a Python film coming out, but we're stuck between two of those. And as we've already done Hardy Grail, <laughs> it doesn't take Einstein to figure out what those two could be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, do let us know what you think. Uh, thank you once again for joining us. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. Now, we're going to play that uh, original theme tune to Magna PI at the end of the promo, so please do listen to them. There could be something there that you're going to like. Cal, thanks for joining me again. In your flat. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, Kel's going to be getting those badges made for those looking winners yeah, yeah. of the competition. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, very nice. And uh, my name's Simon Inks, and we'll see you all very soon. Take care. Bye. 11 teams of two in an exciting race around the world to win $1 million on the amazing race. I'm Joyce. And I'm Al. On our new show, the Fast Forward Podcast, we'll recap each weekly episode of The Amazing Race, give you a rundown on each team, and tell you our predictions on who we think will cross the mat in first place each week, and ultimately win the $1 million prize. We'll also share listener predictions and other interesting information we pick up along the season. So when you've had enough of that awesome British humor from Meds and Kel on the Waffle On Podcast, check out the Fast Forward Podcast in iTunes. And we'll see you at the Fast Forward. You don't spend all those years playing Dungeons and Dragons and not learn a little something about courage. (laughs) It's awesome. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And we're the socially functional co-hosts of Anomaly. The podcast with a unique perspective, a female perspective on all things geek. Star Trek. Star Wars. Lord of the Rings. Buffy. Firefly. Gaming. Books. Costuming. And general geek topics. The sometimes monthly, but always entertaining, Anomaly Podcast. Anomalypodcast.com. Follow-up release to my Stargazer music project, M.W. Orbit. The short story and musical journey of an artificially intelligent probe launched by NASA to explore the Milky Way galaxy. Greetings. I am M.W. Orbit from the planet Earth. Is there anyone there? Digital instant download from CD Baby. songs.
dimensions of exploration in not only the universe, but in human emotion and discovery from the perspective of a small robot probe named MW Orbit. The short story and musical journey. Get your copy today at mw-orbit.com. Thank you. 